Welcome aboard. Seth Goldberg with you on a show to be named later. It is July 11th, 2018, and we are rolling. You know, we've hit that slow period in sports. NBA free agency has slowed, died down. We're waiting for that Kawhi Leonard trade. Baseball heading into the All-Star break. And I'm thinking about it, and maybe we'll get to some Manny Machado stuff a little bit later as well with the Yankees. But the main thing I want to talk about today is Carmelo Anthony. And I look at Carmelo Anthony and, and the situation he's put himself in, and it's uh, it's a fall, that's for sure. So why don't we begin there with Carmelo Anthony and his imminent apparent departure from Oklahoma City. Carmelo Anthony on the way out, on his way to a third team in three years after it just so clearly did not work with the Oklahoma City Thunder. After it so obviously didn't work with that franchise. Where Carmelo refused to come off the bench. It didn't seem like he adapted well to not being the lead guy. And now you're left wondering what is left for Carmelo Anthony. At least I am. Where is Carmelo Anthony going that he makes an impact? Where is he going that he is a, you know, good player again? And as hard as it it might be to say this, part of it's his own fault, right? This is his own doing in a lot of ways. Because Carmelo Anthony throughout his career, and I don't think that anybody can deny this, throughout his NBA career has been about one thing and one person, and that is Carmelo Anthony. Look out for yourself, which I don't necessarily disagree with that line of thinking, by the way. Look out for yourself, look out for yourself as number one, and then figure out what's next next. And I don't think anybody would disparage you for that, but at times Carmelo has done it at the... You know, at, at the result of losing. Right? Carmelo has put himself first at the detriment of losing. Hasn't been able to win because of it, I guess I should say. Forcing your way out of Denver, forcing your way to New York early when you could have signed there. Because by getting traded there, you got more money when you re-signed. And that New York team gutted their entire roster in order to get you. Carmelo first, winning second. Re-signing with the New York Knicks. Because of an extra year of security. Because of a higher raise. Because of a better percentage of money coming your way. When you could have gone to better opportunities. Carmelo first, winning second. And so I'm curious to see what we will see now. 15 years into his NBA career, at 34, nearly on his last legs, what will we see now for Carmelo Anthony? Winning as the priority or Carmelo Anthony as the priority? Because if Carmelo is the priority, if Melo is looking out for number one again and still, Well, then it's relatively easy. He goes somewhere like Miami. 
right? He goes somewhere like Miami where he can be the number one star. He can get his value rebuilt, and he can just show off and ball out and and do what Carmelo Anthony likes to do as a basketball player. However, if he's looking to win, if he's looking to be that piece on a winner, he's going to Houston. Play with Chris Paul, James Harden, accept a lesser role, maybe come off the bench, and be a scorer. Be a guy who could just go and get points. Which one's it going to be? Which thing is Carmelo Anthony going to prioritize? And if you're asking me, it's going to be fairly obvious. He's going to prioritize himself. Because that's always been what he's done. He didn't even want to leave New York at the end. Right? If you read reports, he didn't really truly want to leave. But he was forced to go. He was forced to waive that no trade clause. He was forced and pushed to the edge because of Phil Jackson and because of the craziness of that franchise and that front office and the dysfunction there. He was pushed to the brink and he couldn't come back from it. This decision's not about money. He's going to get paid either way and whatever contract he signs is just going to offset from what Oklahoma City will already be paying him. So he's going to make his $28 million. This decision is all about what Carmelo Anthony wants. Does Melo want that chance at a ring? Or does Melo want to be Melo again? Does Melo want to put up his 20-something points again? Get the ball every time down court again? What does he want? It's fairly simple to me. And by watching Carmelo Anthony's career over the last 15 years, it's a relatively easy thing to predict to me. He's going to go what's best with him. Miami, Los Angeles, and that might be at the detriment of winning. That might come at that cost. Carmelo might do what Carmelo wants to do. Maybe that's play with his friend in LeBron James. Maybe that's go to the place that will give him the ball the most and give him the most touches and rebuild his value the quickest so that he can hit free agency again next year and make more money. Maybe that's Miami. But the decision that I would be a little bit surprised by, and I say this again only because I've watched his career for the last 15 years, the decision I would be surprised by is him picking a team because he wants to win. Because that would seem to go opposite what he has done at every turn of his NBA career. Again, you look at a couple of pivot points in his career and decisions that he has had and the decisions he has made, they would go opposite winning. They would go Carmelo first. Forcing his way out of Denver, forcing the Knicks to cut to gut their roster, 
resigning with the Knicks. All of it, Melo first. Even the way he forced his way out in New York. Seemingly not really wanting to, but having to because of the front office. Wanting to stay with that dysfunction if they could have worked things out. Everything points to Melo-centric. What is this decision going to be? Because as I mentioned, not about money. Money does not factor in. This is a very interesting case study in a player who's been in the league for 15 years and has not sniffed a championship. What does he want? Does he want a does he want a chance at a ring? Or does he want to just, you know, shuffle along? Be Carmelo Anthony. On his way to a Hall of Fame career, no doubt. He's won the Olympic gold medals. He won the title here at Syracuse. Scored 20 points per game across his career. Hall of Famer, no doubt. But does he want to continue that legacy and be that guy who's never won and has a bunch of other great things on his resume? Or does he want to win an NBA title? Be one of the few, by the way, that won a college, a gold medal, and an NBA title. Because he has the opportunity to do that if he wants, and this might be his last chance. Let's take a time out to remind you to listen to ESPN Radio all day long for your chance to win a free round of golf and a bucket of balls at Hickory Hill Golf Course. Check them out online at hickoryhillgolfcourse.com. So listen to Brent Axe on the block. Listen to the Daniel Baldwin Show, and when prompted, call in for your chance to win a free round of golf and a bucket of balls at Hickory Hill Golf Course. Again, check them out online at hickoryhillgolfcourse.com. Now back to a show to be named later. Now, I wanted to spend a couple of minutes on Manny Machado trade rumors. We, We talked about this a little bit yesterday. We talked about this a little bit as this Yankee Oriole series has been going on. Uh, And and I just wanted to talk about it a little bit more because I I think it's interesting and and it's really heating up, obviously, with about two to three weeks left before the MLB trade deadline. Manny Machado is going to get moved. So it's just a matter of who and where and when. He is going to get traded, though. So... Are the Yankees really in on it, I guess, is the first question that you've got to ask. Are the Yankees really interested in getting Manny Machado? Well, first off, if they get Manny Machado, he's not a shortstop anymore, which he would have to get over, right? Because he said, I'm a shortstop, I'm a shortstop, I'm a shortstop. Not if you get traded to the Yankees, you're not going to be a shortstop. But the Yankees also have to consider who they've got at third base in Miguel Andujar. And he's done perfectly fine. He's been a a very serviceable, a very good third baseman for the Yankees this year. He's right in the thick of the AL Rookie of the Year race, no doubt. Machado is better, but Andujar has been very good for the Yankees this year. And the third thing you have to consider, and this is really probably the most important thing, which is why I put it last, what are you giving up for him? And I mentioned this briefly yesterday, but it's very possible that the Yankees thought they were out on Machado, thought they were out on Machado, thought they were out on Machado, and oh, uh, all of a sudden the price fell, right? The price just dropped on Manny Machado. 
And it's much more reasonable now for the Yankees to do something than it may have been before. It's much more reasonable, maybe, for them to go out and make a move now than it was a week ago, or two weeks ago, or six months ago. The price has probably dropped as we got close to that trade deadline. And at some point, the value becomes so great that you've just got to do it. And the report I saw yesterday and a report that backed it up today is that if the Yankees include Justice Sheffield in the trade, the Orioles are ready to do it. So if you're the New York Yankees, a team that needs pitching, a team that needs a starting pitcher, do you give up one that you've got in your farm system? Do you give up one that you've got Nearly ready to go. I think he's going to pitch in the major leagues for the New York Yankees at some point this year if he's not traded. Do you give up on that to get Manny Machado? Because that becomes the question. Is six or seven seasons of Justice Sheffield worth maybe half a season, maybe more, but probably half a season of Manny Machado? And if he is... What do you do to then fill the starting pitching void? Because the Yankees' weakness is not third base. The Yankees' weakness is starting pitching. Well, if you've got Machado and you think you might be able to hold on to him, well, then you have Miguel Andujar to dangle out there as a a trade bait. Then you have Miguel Andujar to dangle out there as trade bait. As a piece, in order to get a starting pitching ba- starting pitcher back, and maybe you end up with a better starting pitcher than you thought you would. Maybe you're able to pry someone loose that you couldn't before if you're willing to give up Miguel Andujar. So this stuff is all interconnected. This stuff is all tangled together. And as weird as it sounds, Machado might be the first domino to fall that might be the first thing to drop right whereas it was kind of assumed that maybe he would be the final piece that it would take up until the deadline for him to get traded for the Yankees that might be the start of something not the end you want to know that you have him before you make that trade of your starting third baseman somewhere else before you push that other piece aside, that helpful piece, that important piece of your team somewhere else. You would hate to trade Miguel Andujar and get a starting pitcher only to not get Manny Machado. Right? That's worst case scenario. Is that you trade him away and you don't get a third baseman to fill in his spot. But maybe by trading Sheffield for Machado you are more likely to go out there and get a better starting pitcher by dangling Andujar. You're able to drive up the value of pitcher you get. And maybe now instead of looking at Jay Happ as your top target, you're able to get somebody a little bit better. 
you're able to pry loose somebody just a little bit better. And you're really able to make this team good. Really able to make this team a legitimate, you know, threat in the postseason. A team that can win four out of seven against Boston or Houston. And they might be able to right now. But I don't think they would be favored. They could be favored if they make the right moves at the deadline. They could be that favorite to win it all this year if they make the right moves. All right, that does it for us today on a show to be named later. We'll be back tomorrow with more. As always, check us out on ESPNSyracuse.com. Check us out on the ESPN Syracuse iTunes feed. And while you're there, don't forget to take a listen to On the Block On Demand with Brent Axe. Orange Nation in 30 minutes when we return in August. The Daniel Baldwin Show, all of them on ESPNSyracuse.com or the iTunes feed, and you'll get them delivered straight to your phone every day. Talk to you tomorrow on a show to be named later.